0: for a victory lap though whoa, whoa. Whoa. they never seen nothing like this before lit the when I came through the front door me if I should the trees please welcome to the Roz project a conversation about life entrepreneurship personal development family tech and marketing my name is Ivan Temelkov and I'm your host what's in this podcast for you here you will find life-changing advice to help you level up every aspect of your life and business and help you reach your goals and dreams. As always, all content is 100% real, raw, and a filter. On today's episode, I have my special guest, Jess Chen, who is the founder and CEO of Longplay, a full-service email marketing agency for e-commerce brands. Jess launched Longplay in 2018, December 2018, to be more precise, and since then, it has grown the team to over 18 people and generated over $8.5 million in revenue for her clients. Prior to Longplay, she was the CMO of a seven-figure e-commerce company and wanted to build the type of agency she wished she could have worked with. She lives in Toronto, where she enjoys taking long walks and playing volleyball. Welcome to the show, Jess.
1: Thanks. Excited to be here
0: awesome awesome so before we hit record you know we were kind of chatting about you know some things and you mentioned entrepreneurship right which i always get excited um so before we kind of get into long play brands you know let's spend a few minutes just tell us you know a little about uh, a little bit about yourself and like did you just wake up one day and say you know what i'm just gonna start a company today How, how did it all come together
1: for sure. And we were just joking, you know, like casually just wake up one day and you're like, Hey, it'd be really fun to pour your blood, sweat and tears into starting a business. And I think yep. the, the funny thing with entrepreneurship is it's one of those things where everyone dreams of it. But I t- a lot of entrepreneurs I talk to, they're like, if you knew what you were going to get yourself into when you started your business, would you still have done it? And a lot of them are like, might have chickened out. Honestly, it takes, it takes a piece yep. of you. Um, but yeah, my background was actually in actuarial science and economics, so really had absolutely nothing to do with marketing, uh, especially digital marketing or e-commerce. Um, and I was still in college college then, so I was kind of doing that and just not quite sure that this was really the path I wanted to go down. Didn't really want to be in corporate, um, working in a cubicle, doing mm-hmm. spreadsheets for the rest of my life, so really kind of went through probably a year, year and a half or so of Um, just like a really tough period trying to figure out um what my path was went through like panic attacks uh depression the the whole nine um and tried all these different avenues between like ui ux design coding marketing all these different channels um and eventually i uh, stumbled into a marketing assistant position at a company Mm -hmm. called best self co and it was a seven-figure e-commerce brand um and i kind of started as a marketing assistant um, really knowing nothing about marketing or e-commerce or digital marketing and really kind of stepping in fresh but it was a fantastic opportunity for me to learn with a fast-growing company where I could get my hands in all aspects and all channels of marketing um, and really see what it takes to scale a company um, and then eventually they promoted me as their chief marketing officer and that's when I got, learned, learned how to manage a team. So that was probably the first like two to three years of my marketing experience. Um, And then Longplay started in December 2018. Um, And it started very organically, I was kind of going to entrepreneurship conferences and things like that, and just chatting with other seven and eight figure entrepreneurs. And they were kind of asking me what we were doing on the email side. So started with me just kind of giving them, you know, the three tips that I think they should implement before they leave, very much just kind of helping out friends and They reached out a few months later and just like, you know what, can you just like do it for me? I'm like, you know what, wasn't really starting, wasn't wasn't really planning to start an agency. I had all these other plans. Um, but I'm like, sure, let's just say yes to the opportunity and like figure out where it all leads afterwards. Um, so took those clients on, was still working my full-time job. And I was actually still at my full-time job for probably six months at the beginning of long play. Um, and we were already hiring a few people and then eventually left, may ish may June of last year, so it's really just been a year of me full time in the business now and mm-hmm. here we are it's all it's all grown very organically and through word of mouth
0: yeah, you know there were several interesting things that you mentioned so at the beginning um, I, I'm a huge sucker for stories because i I have deep appreciation for beginnings, and you know you were talking about some things that Like, as you said, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, especially when they start out and then at some point as they evolve and their business grows, you know, it's a reflection of, hey, would you have done this? Like, if you really knew, like you said, what you were getting into, depression, anxiety, long, long days, long nights, and sometimes feeling very hopeless, you know, because there's days where you're like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't even know if it's (laughs) even worth it, you know, but It's interesting you said that because I think a lot of entrepreneurs go through that. And then it was really interesting when you said, you know, you were still in your full-time role within like a six month span before you know, long play was really, you know, coming to evolution. It's actually kind of typical because usually for most people, most entrepreneurs that start businesses, you know, they start off with, okay, I'm going to do this and do a little bit of it. Next, you know, like, well, your side hustle kind of overpowers everything else that you're doing. So Mm -hmm. like might as well dedicate all my time to this. Oh, and by the way, I'm making some money, you know? Oh, and then I'm making more money. Okay. And then I need help. And the next thing you know is, you know, you're up to, uh, 18 people. I mean, that's 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 amazing. You know, Big. you're December 2018. You're starting a business, and you know now you're up to 18 people. I mean, th- th- and especially with everything that's been happening over the last couple of years. Let's just face it: the global economy has been through a roller coaster multiple times, let's and it's been going through like one right now or several i should say right so um let's talk a little bit about so as you kind of got into email marketing because you know i think there's a lot of people that would say you know email is dead and there's a lot of people that would say oh no email is like the one platform that i that i'm always checking so what's your thoughts on like the current state of email marketing like you know from a b2c and from a b2b standpoint
1: For sure. So I can definitely only speak to the B2C standpoint. Um, Not very familiar with the B2B trends or anything like that. Um, Mm -hmm. I think email has been proclaimed to be dead or dying for like 20 years now. And there's uh, this Ryan Holiday book uh, called Perennial Seller. And in it, he references um, a specific, I guess, framework. And the idea is just, hey, to predict how long something will probably last in the future, see how long it's already been in existence for. So instead of thinking something like mm-hmm. TikTok is probably going to be around in 30 years, it's only been around for, what, one or two years. So the longevity on that yeah. uh, in terms of placing bets should be lower than email, which has been around for decades at this point. So that's kind of how I approach it, where, hey, let's put more money and bet on the, th- on the platforms and channels uh, and the people who have been succeeding and uh, have been around and been able to last all these different years and email yeah. is one of those platforms now facebook and instagram is becoming one of those platforms um, and i'm more interested in the ones that have been around for a while and figuring out how to master them rather than jumping on the next new trend all the time and mm-hmm. um, it just gets exhausting trying to master snapchat and then snapchat is dying mastering pinterest and then pinterest is dying um and then tiktok and there's always going to be that new platform so let's look in the past start, instead of trying to always kind of stay up to date with events
0: mm-hmm. Interesting. So I think one thing that I heard you say is this is just that, you know, the traditional email, right, is, is still around. But I think we're seeing a shift where, you know, email and that kind of, you know, written communication has really shifted more to, I guess, call it social email, like Facebook and right.
1: Yeah. And I think email itself, Um, consu- I'm also seeing consumers are shifting towards seeing email as a platform to communicate with brands whereas I think in the past it really was a very personal like literally it was electronic mail so it's where you emailed your friends um but like no one emails yeah. your friends really anymore um email is really where people expect to hear from the brands that they follow to get discounts um to see product releases to get content right. all that kind of stuff so I do think email as a channel is shifting but I um I do have faith that it's going to be around for a while solely because it's been around for a while and it's going to it's going to kind of stick around. Yeah.
0: Now, I think, um, you know, a couple of things on on email and the reason I asked that question is, is just that you know, you brought up TikTok, right? And that's kind of more on the social front where... You know, while well, I lived through the days of MySpace and of course I lived through the days of AOL. And you, when you were talking about in the early days, I remember, I think it was circa high school, like getting so fucking excited about popping my AOL CD <laughs> and dial up Internet and hearing that annoying fucking dial up sound. And like, oh, I'm going to email my friends. I'm going to send an email like this is the greatest thing ever. Right now, it's just like, you know, and I think that's what you were trying to point out is this that I think the purpose of email has shifted to where, you know, short form communication, which I guess could still be classified as email has shifted more to social. And then the traditional email, like, you know, Gmail or outlook, you know, are used more for ways of, like you said, brands to communicate to consumers for like, Oh, Hey, you know, Macy's is having a sale or something. So, you know, you're getting an email and you get all excited because there's a coupon for 20% off or something. Right. Uh, including Mm -hmm. the email. So, Uh, And I think a lot of that, I mean, is that kind of what you were saying is that email has kind of shifted uh, based on, I guess, the changing consumer mindset?
1: Yeah, I think just overall email has shifted from being a friend and personal channel to really a work and uh, branded e-commerce kind of channel.
0: Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things that, that you mentioned, you know, with long play that you focus on, you know, your full service email marketing agency, and mm-hmm. you also work with, you know, a lot of e-commerce brands, right? So uh, you're doing a lot of B2C, right? For a lot of these bigger brands, correct?
1: Yeah. So we only do B2C and we mainly work with um, e-commerce brands, kind of in health, wellness, lifestyle, apparel, jewelry, um, that kind of space. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we take care of all their email marketing. So copywriting strategy, design implementation, literally taking that entire channel off their plate.
0: Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit in depth more about email, you know, since it's on the B2C side, right. As as you're communicating to consumers across different industries, right. What are some things that you're seeing? I mean, let's face it. What email marketing was five years ago is nothing like today, Right. Um, I I think I remember like guys like Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, talking about, yeah, I used to have like 40% open rates or something like 15 years ago. And like, now I'm looking if I get 4%. So like, why is that? I mean, what, what's your thoughts on like kind of the, is, is it because of the attention span that we're bidding against with consumers? Because let's face it, the marketplace is so congested that everybody's bidding for your attention every day. Right. Um, I mean, what's your thoughts on that?
1: Um so I mean I think the 40 to 4% is probably pretty dramatic um we still expect you know kind of the 15 to 20% open rates for very big lists like a million person kind of lists and we still get mm-hmm. 20 to 40% open rates on some of our clients as well um and that's still targeting pretty significant sizes so mm-hmm. I think especially with consumer attention, it really speaks to the relationship that you have with your customers, how you're acquiring that list, and what kind of communications you're sending them. Um, And it just kind of goes back to fundamental marketing principles. You know, if I'm talking to a brand and they're saying like, hey, I'm getting 4% open rates. My concern is less around, hey, maybe email isn't your channel. Maybe it's really competitive. And it shifts more to the the line of questioning is around, how did you acquire that list? What are you sending to them? Basically, why are people not interested in you? Um, Because email is still a proven channel and still generating revenue. We're still seriously opening emails. So if you're really struggling to generate revenue from an email standpoint, um, I think the question is more around your brand and your relationship with customers versus the channel itself.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a a really good point. And I'm glad that you shared that because, you know, first of all, even though email is still around, you did point out the fact that it might not be the right channel. Um, let's face it, it just really depends on if you're a really young brand and you're trying to attract a really young audience, chances are they might not be on email. They might be all over social media. If it's more mm-hmm. like, you know, I guess millennials or maybe even baby boomers, like the older generation, right? Then they might more gravitate towards email. Because <laughs> guess what? They still check email in that way. I mean, I'm thinking of like my parents that, you know, use Outlook, I think, or, or Hotmail oh or whatever shit. it is.
1: I, you know. I do think it's worth considering that there's audience that opens emails like the baby boomers and seniors but they're not apt mm-hmm. to buy things online um so they not might not necessarily be your ideal customer because they they're still they're interacting with the channel but not in the way you want them to and we're actually seeing young people um more apt to buy through email um yeah. so we have you know we have clients whose audiences are more kind of in the 15 to 25 range um mm-hmm. and emails fantastic channel for them. Um, even though you would expect 15 year olds are probably not very active through email. Um, they're used to interacting with brands through that particular channel. And that's where they get all of those updates and communication because social media becomes kind of more of their personal channel for them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's really good. I actually want to ask you another question because uh, I think you can share a lot about this. It's kind of a two part question. Is this, and, and the first part is what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see companies make when it comes to email marketing? And then the flip side of that is, what are some things that they're not doing that you really should be doing in email marketing?
1: Yeah, great question. So honestly, those two questions are very much overlapped. The biggest mistake that we see brands doing is not sending email or not using it as a channel. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people either they're starting their brand um, and they're like, they're focusing on social media and their website and all these different channels, um, but they're not even growing their email list to begin with. Mm. Um, And that's one of those things that I would definitely recommend as you're launching your brand, just make sure you're collecting that email list. Even if you do something with it a little bit further on in the process, at least collect those people because it's one of the only channels that you really have direct access to your customers. Um, Facebook, social media, things like that, you're still kind of speaking to masses, whereas email, you can send something specifically to one person. So really the biggest mistake is not doing email marketing at all. Um, The other mistake that I see is brands seeing email as a channel for them to communicate with customers for their own company's benefit. Mm -hmm. Um, So I see a lot of brands just kind of sending out like monthly newsletters of, hey, here's what we've been doing. Here's what's up. Um, Here's what's new. And my perspective on that is like consumers don't really care about what's going on with your business. You need to earn the trust and the respect for them to care about what's going on behind the scenes. So instead of starting off the relationship, telling people about yourself, start off the relationship with your customers um, through email by giving relationship driven content, um, value driven content. Um, I'm a huge fan of kind of content blog posts um, and those types of emails. That's really just around delivering uh, topics and information that your customers are really interested in. And then from there, you can kind of segue into product pushes and things like that. Those are probably the biggest two mistakes. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the third one is really kind of as you get further on um, into email marketing, I see a lot of brands not segmenting and not really leveraging the use of customer data. Um, So especially with email, you have the chance to pull in data around what types of products your customer uh, viewed, what kind of customers uh, bought from you, where they came in from their sources. You can hook it up to surveys to get a sense of like their customer profile, like things like birthdays, interests, Mm -hmm. topics, things like that, and really pulling all of that information together to really create an email that's tailored, made for, for that particular consumer.
0: Yeah. Now, those were some really really good points that you mentioned that the one that I'm really a big fan of is you said hey you know build relationships with your customers earn their trust which really all goes back to it's like you know you can't some you can't ask someone to buy something without getting to know them without earning their trust right in building that relationship and i think you know, another thing that you mentioned is that the beauty about email is that it's so direct and it can be so personal because they're getting it in their inbox. Right. And even though you're still you know, sending thousands of emails or tens of thousands of emails, it just feels more personal because they're getting it in their inbox. Right. And it kind of almost speaks to them directly. Right. Um, the only other thing that I wanted you know, to ask you, because I'm really curious about, you know, from an email marketing standpoint is retention. Right. So like, what are some things to consider about retention? Cause let's face it, retention and email marketing is a bitch, you know, just to, you know, be able to keep people in your, in your list. So what are some tips that you can share on like, how do you retain people, you know, within the domain of a brand without them leaving?
1: For sure. And With retention, I really kind of take a step back and just start with, hey, what's your ideal customer journey? So, for example, Mm
0: -hmm. the brands that
1: we work with, there's usually some combination of these three um, product types. There's probably subscriptions, there's probably one-off purchases, and there's probably um, like bundles or boxes and things like that so the first thing that we do when we sit down with any clients like hey what's your ideal customer journey do most people buy one product and then you kind of upsell them into a bundle and then you upsell them into subscription do people mm-hmm. subscribe right away um and then we kind of go through like what are the biggest reasons for people to drop off so again with re- with email retention it's the same as um just retaining customers overall so it's sure. really understanding why are people dropping off in the first place and what's that next step that you want them to take because without those two answers um, we can't really move forward in terms of like what, what content should we send them? Um, yeah, so we kind of look at what what's the ideal customer journey? What's the natural next step we want them to take? And that's really where you start segmenting your customers. So you start bucketing people into, hey, people who've only bought from you one time and they bought a single purchase. What's our objective for them? Okay, we want them to come back and just buy another single purchase. Okay, great. So all of our messaging is going to be tailor-made around um, that particular next action item. Um, yeah. Let's say someone... Uh, with subscribing and then they drop off what's their next action item do we want them to resubscribe or do we want them to buy another single item Um, and being able to be very clear around what's the ideal next action item with your customers helps the time with retention because it's really about just guiding them and reducing some of that choice fatigue um, and focusing them on what you want them to do next versus i think a lot of brands are just like hey we just want you to do a thing just like don't leave we don't really know what we want you to do if you right, stay right, just, just right. don't leave us um right. and then the customer's like i don't really know what you want you're kind of throwing offers at me from all these different angles and i now i'm confused so i'm just gonna go because i don't really know what you want from me um so again with relationship yeah. it's like hey we want to we want to deepen our relationship what do we want next and yeah. the way i always see email and our strategy is really about how do we help you build relationships at scale with your customers? And that starts with what's your relationship with your customer? Um, email is just the channel that we choose to use because it's so mm-hmm. targeted and we can segment from a tactical side, uh, standpoint, From but a, from a strategic standpoint, anything we do on the email side can be done on any other channel. And it's really about what's your ideal relationship with your customers? What's that next stage that you're trying to progress them to? And how do we best communicate that to them? Yeah.
0: Yeah no you you mentioned a, f- a few things there that i'm a i'm a big fan of and the first one is building relationships with people basically an email is a phenomenal channel uh, for doing that the second thing that you talked about which i'm a, i'm also a big fan of is really just delving in deeper and understanding that customer journey like what their buying habits are like you said one-off purchases or a subscription or whatever it might be or special offer or what kind of lure demand or you know, basically entice them to open up their wallet and spend some money, you know, with that brand. And then, you know, kind of the, the cherry on the top, so to speak, is, is being suggestive and saying, okay, well you might like this as so well. It's kind of like, I'm thinking like when I buy shit from Amazon and then I get flooded with emails from Amazon saying, oh, you might like this or you might like that or like that. And even though it might seem kind of annoying at first, when I think about it, it's actually quite genius because they're actually, you know, it's an autonomous approach. I understand that. But at the same time, it's so personalized to your buying habits. And I think that's what a lot of consumers actually like because it, it gives them a sense of acknowledgement. It gives them a sense of familiarity where a brain has actually devoted the time to understand what they what they don't like and i think that's probably what a lot of brains don't do is this, they probably don't do that suggestive selling based on like previous buying habits even if you just bought i don't know just something small you know maybe bought headphones or airpods or i don't know whatever it might be right but then really going to that extra extra step and 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 having that suggestive selling so um just, I mean, you shared a lot of great things. You know, these were really the, the couple of questions that I wanted to ask. And I know the audience is going to be very appreciative, especially with the relationship building, suggestive selling, getting to know the customer journey. And, you know, before we wrap things up, you know, how can people reach you out there? You know, what's the best way to connect with you if they want to learn more about your company or, or maybe even hire you for some email marketing?
1: Yeah, for sure. So our website is uh, Mm www.longplaybrands.com. So that's probably the best way just to kind of get a sense of what we do and who we've worked with. And uh, if you want to work with us, reaching out through there Um, for me personally, Instagram is probably the best channel. Um, And my handle there is just Jess Chan with two J's. Okay. So feel free to reach out there as well.
0: Awesome. Jess, I want to thank you so much. You know, I really enjoyed our conversation and uh, looking forward to sharing this um, on the stratosphere.
1: Thanks for having me, it was great. Set sands, cross lands and story short, short seasons in the year, yeah. Ain't no channel for champions and chain no fear. Yeah, the champ here, switch gears, we're keeping haters in the rear.